You ready? I'm ready. Hello and welcome to another episode of Taylor Made. I'm your host, Edward V, and today joining me, as always for these, is Taylor. Hi. Hi, Taylor. Today, we will be talking about Mary and the Witch's Flower, Coco, and... We will be comparing and contrasting the two Fire Festival documentaries from both Netflix and Hulu. So, what do you want to do? What do you want to talk about first? Um. Well, I mean, like, let's just do it chronologically. How you just said it. Let's do Mary and the Witch's Flower first. All right. Let's start with the one I remember the least. Seeing as you've seen it more than once. I'll let you start. Oh, so, I mean, just describing it, <clears throat> it's made by Miyazaki, it, or wait, is it made by Miyazaki or is it done by Studio Ghibli? Either way, um, it's done, it's animated by the same team who animated Howl's Moving Castle. If you know anything about uh, Howl's Moving Castle, it was really cool and kind of like magical. And just like all of the backgrounds, as always, <clears throat> are like really cool and like they're really like watercolory and kind of like... They're just super, it's just super gorgeous. Like, the way the the movie looks is just really, really pretty. So the story of the movie is that this girl named Mary, uh, well, it starts out and somebody that you don't recognize is escaping from from something. There's a huge fire, there's explosions, and she's running, and she hops on a broom. She's a witch, and she is being pursued by these weird creatures that are being dispatched by this other witch. So she flies through the sky, and she manages to escape with these seeds that fall to the ground and then they end up growing and so that is the witch's flower so flash forward a few years and um mary is uh she's just i don't know i don't know where to go from here she's um i guess she would be described as a weird kid yeah she's a weird kid like she she keeps trying to help people and she's kind of bored because she she just moved to this new city and she hasn't really made any friends yet. And so she's just, she's trying to help out the gardener. She's trying to help out the maid. She's trying to help out her her great aunt. And she's just messing up everything. She's super relatable. Um, so they basically tell her, hey, why don't you just go play off by yourself? And that's when she ends up finding, she finds the flower and she ends up finding um, a broom. And so she's whisked away to indoor college, which is where the broom takes her. And she, there's this really magical world. It kind of gives me, like, kind of like a Harry Potter feel. The way everybody's dressed and, like, the professors and everything like that and the classes. Um, yeah, but she's the only Gryffindor because there's, like, blue and red and yellow scarves. True. I true. mean, blue and green and yellow scarves. But she's the only person with red. Yeah. But red is supposed to signify, like, a super powerful witch. Oh, yeah, so she's the, like, she's red, she's got red hair, and she hates her red hair, and it's like, oh, no, um, it's the most coveted color that a witch can have. Um, it's like, wow, way to feed into the Gryffindor stereotype, mm-hmm. being the best house. Right. Um, so, while she's there, because she used the, the power of, like, a flower to get there, while she's there, and she's talking to Madame Mumblechook, she accidentally lets it slip that there was a flower that helped her to get there because she's not a real witch and uh she madam mumblechick was like where did you hear about this where did you hear about this and she's she tells her that it's her neighbor peter she was like oh yeah it's peter's 
Peter found it. He knows all about it. And so uh, he gets kidnapped to this world. And she's back at home. And she's like, fine. And she's like, yeah, I got away with it. But then she finds out that Peter's missing. And she knows exactly what happened. So I don't know. It's just, you know, by the end of the movie. Like, so then she has to go back. She has to save him and everything like that. And they get helped by animals. And it's all just very, you know, it's predictable. But, like, even though it's predictable, it's still a really gorgeous movie. All the animation is really pretty. Um, but uh, there's no consequences. You know, it's just a really light movie to watch as a kid. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I really liked Mary and the Witch's Flower. But um, yeah. I enjoyed it, too. I enjoyed it, too. Um, from this point, because I... I uh, in the last episode, I didn't have any structure as far as questions and stuff went. So I went online and found a list of questions to watch when we re- mean to uh, keep in mind when reviewing a movie. So the first question is, how did the film make you feel? What- it didn't. It, that's the thing, though, is it's because it's just a really light film. And so everything happens and everything's good at the end. And so it really doesn't make you feel any one way or the other. It's just, you know, it's just a regular happy movie. So I guess happy. Okay. Yes. Okay. I'm going to answer this question as well because you wanted me to watch this one. So this one was this one's a little weird. As far as the format of this podcast, because it's usually me having you watch stuff. So, um, for me, I felt uh, a lot of absurdity going on. It's making a lot of jokes. You know, it was it was cool. I mean, like I uh, ultimately, I, I I did enjoy it. Like I it was like you said, it was no consequences. It was like, oh, everybody lives happily ever after. Mm-hmm. You know, but even the bad guys, even the bad guys didn't they they like came out of it okay they came out of it unscathed yeah. and they'd probably try to do it again if they could probably because they're the bad guys so i mean it was just it's like all right cool that was a good however long that movie was and on to the next thing uh it also says what aspects worked well and which didn't think about writing direction cinematography acting editing and soundtrack i think that all of that was really good like i still really love all of the animation and i love um, the watercolor backgrounds. The watercolor backgrounds are always my favorite part about it because it just really looks like, especially like in the forest and things like that, everything just looks super earthy and it looks, it's like all of the right colors, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. everything just, it's just super nice and it feels good. Mm-hmm. It looks good. Okay. Okay. Um, to what extent did it fit with your expectations or did it subvert them in some ways? It didn't subvert, subvert them at all. It's you, just one of the, it's just like I thought it would be. Okay. Okay. I didn't really have any expectations going in. Like, um, when I saw it on, I think I saw, before I saw it on Netflix, I think I saw it on a listing or something, something like that, saying that it was coming out or something. And, uh, I think what drew me to it is just that it was another one of those, like, studio Ghibli, Ghibli, whatever, you know, type of looking films was like, all right, add it to the list of the other ones. So I think that was just what, what drew me to it. And, and the animation looked like it was bright and colorful and stuff. I was like, wow, okay, that looks interesting. So I didn't really have an, expect, an expectation going into it myself. So, I mean, it was good because I didn't really have anything to expect of it. So that was that. Uh, the next bracket of questions that they have are pertaining to structure. What causes the major turning points in the narrative? 
Oh, so like like I already talked about Mary lying initially. Mm-hmm. Um and then also too, like she just has to fix what she did, like the result of her lie. Mm-hmm. And once she fixes the result of her lie, which is saving Peter, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. So it's really there's really not a lot like so she goes out into the forest. Actually, every every single bad thing that happens happens because she is super impulsive. So she went out into the forest that day because she was mad at Peter for saying that she looked like a red-haired monkey. Um, and Which, so then, I mean, come on, Peter. That's rude. That's rude. That's so mean. There's somebody that, like It's somebody that you just met, and you're like, ha-ha, you look like a red-haired monkey. Like, okay, that's not nice. That's not how we treat our friends. Anyway. But, um, so yeah, every single thing was because she was mad at Peter or she needed to save Peter. So, whatever. But, um... Yeah. Uh, does the world of the film work in the real world? If no. not, what are the differences? Well, um, there's no magic in the real world, unfortunately. Like, we can't have that. So, <laughs> there's that. Only. <laughs> all right, all right. I mean, there was a cat in there. Do we have those in the real world? Cats are, cr- like, you see a lot of pictures of cats, but they're all edited. Like, we can't really be sure that they're real. Mm, mm. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> the next thing says, how does the film end? Is everything resolved? How? I guess we've already talked about Absolutely that. Absolutely so. everything is resolved. Everything is resolved, okay. Characters, how would you describe the main characters? What are their goals? What problems do they face? So, Mary is an interesting character i mean she's not like she's she's funny she is super impulsive and she's super lazy and she's very bad at helping people and but she she wants to be like a good kid Yeah. yeah um but also she's very like strong willed so like i guess when she puts her like I guess when she puts her mind to stuff, she gets them done. Because obviously the movie ended up fine and she saved Peter and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Peter was the other main character and he was just very, I don't know, everything's pretty one-dimensional with yeah. the characters here. But I was like, about to say, what, I, don't, I don't really think he was a main character. Like, he was a, was he? He was there for, it was for plot. Yeah. Obviously. He was the damsel in distress. But like, I, I keep talking about it like it's a bad movie and it's not a bad movie, but it's just... It's, it's a, very simplistic it's for very simplistic like movie. one of these type of movies. It's yeah. pretty straightforward. Like the the odd element in this movie was just the magic thing. Well, I guess the whole animal thing as well. But yeah, you know, it wasn't like super deep like some of the other ones have been. Right. Which is it's whatever. I guess you can have a chill one every now and then. Yeah. Um, we already answered the next one. Was. <laughs> Uh, what do the main characters learn about themselves and how do they change? Did they? <laughs> I think ultimately they did not. Ultimately they did not. I don't remember. I I really don't remember how this movie ends. But I don't... I don't know if they learned anything. They didn't. I don't, is that a problem? Is that a problem? For the you? only thing that got learned in this movie was that Mary learned that her great aunt Charlotte, sorry, was a witch. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's the only thing that got learned the whole time. So they learned that. Well, yeah, I guess they learned about that they were um, doing the experiments on like real animals and stuff. 
They learned about the power of friendship. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. I feel like we've talked about as much as we can about that specifically. There's not. Yeah. There's not much there. All right. On to the next movie. Talking about Coco. Coco was great. It was a beautiful movie. Mm -hmm. I loved it. Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. so great. Mm -hmm. The music Mm -hmm. was great. Mm-hmm. The visuals were great. Mm-hmm. Characters were great. Mm-hmm. And interesting. And drawn really well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. But how did that make you feel? Excellent. Mm-hmm. Elated. Mm-hmm. Superb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Orgasmic. What, oh. <laughs> what aspects worked well and which didn't? Thinking about writing, direction cinematography acting editing and soundtrack i mean i think everything worked really well Mm -hmm. i really don't have anything bad to say about this movie because of how because like like everything worked pretty well but i mean it it had a big i'm pretty sure it had a big budget did it i mean it's an animation so what do those generally run hmm all right, whatever. Next question. Oh, I guess I could answer this question as well, seeing as I've seen it a couple times. I really like Coco. Um, I like the music specifically. Seeing this, uh, being a person that doesn't really like musicals and <laughs> like these Disney and Pixar movies, focusing heavily so much, so heavily on songs. Maybe, maybe, maybe not heavily, but it's a pretty prominent thing that happens in Disney and Pixar movies but I think this one specifically I, I, li- I like the music um, more than I do in other ones I don't, I don't know why I just uh, this one was very ethnic I suppose um, in recent years Disney has been making a point to do more culturally diverse films as and Coco was is a big testament to that um sp- specifically focusing on the day of the dead and all of that and making a whole thing out of that even though there's I think what was there's a, another movie that kind of focused on that that kind of got swept under the rug like the book of life or something like that I think that. it was the book of Li- it sounds that sounds right Yeah but I had no desire to see that movie at all but this one was it, it looked a little more interesting so also the book of life was like more of a romantic movie wasn't it couldn't tell you <laughs> i think i think like some of the actors in that like the voice actors in it kind of turned me off i think like channing tatum was one of the voice actors or something like that Ew. in it why I'm not, he's not hispanic is he i don't know i don't know not i could be like it he's not allowed but also too <laughs> yeah no thank like, you mm, no see Book of Life. Let's see. Uh, oh, Diego Luna. I don't know where I pulled Channing Tatum from. Oh, he is in it. He is in it. He is in it. Let's see. What is his name? Joaquin? His name is Joaquin in the movie. No, it's not. It is Channing Tatum. Zoe Saldana is in it. Ron Perlman is in it. Why I does just, his name sound familiar? He's Hellboy. God, ew, what, why is he in that movie? Ice Cube is in it. <laughs> no, he's not. 
I mean, they do have a lot of Hispanic people in this movie. Uh, Danny Trejo, Hector Elizondo, Carlos Rocky. Like, there's a lot of Hispanic people in this movie. But the fact that Channing Tatum is one of the top build and his name is on the poster. as I mean, it's next to Diego Luna and Zoe Saldana. But, like, I feel like that was the aspect they were trying to use to sell the movie. Right. But we are not talking about Coco right now. <laughs> so but the point is this movie was done better i guess than that one and you don't have big names on the front of the cover trying to sell the movie used i mean aside from the biggest name disney right right <laughs> but yeah, you know it was still good i really but weren't the visuals just amazing yeah the whole time everything yeah. was so glowy and mm-hmm. colorful yeah and just so great yeah just the when like when you when his body started disappearing and you could start seeing his skeleton like that effect was really cool um to what extent did it fit with your expectations or did it subvert them in some ways i had absolutely no expectations also the entire movie i was freaking out because i was worried that um his actual great 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 granddad was gonna disappear like i was like the whole movie i kept asking you i was like what's gonna happen is he gonna die i was i've had really strong feelings during this whole movie it was mm-hmm. like very stressful for me because i really cared about all the characters in it mm-hmm. i really liked this movie hector hector please please put my picture on the ofrenda anyway yeah like I said, it just looked. This one just looked better. So as far as expectations, like at at this point in my movie going experience, I usually temper my expectations when going to into any movie, so that there is little to no room for disappointment. You lower the bar. There we go. That's the word. That's a, that's what I was looking for. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so for this, it was just like any other any other thing. I didn't have very many expectations for it at all, aside from the fact that it's you know a Disney Pixar movie. So just like it's it's bound to be at least decent, and it was more than that. So that's always good. Um, so I guess it couldn't really subvert any expectations that I have, seeing as they were already just at the. Just like, all right, here we are, seeing a movie. But, you know, I saw it more than once, and, you know, I still listen to some of the music from the soundtrack, so. You sing it sometimes, just because. Yeah, just because. Because it's, you know, it's good. It's good. Also, I don't know if they had any, like, musical numbers. Wasn't most of the music that they, that was in it, like, performed by a character? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, not mm-hmm. everybody was involved. Like, so, like, it was an actual, like, performance that they put on. Mm-hmm. So I think that made it a little bit more bearable as far as like not Perhaps. being able to handle music. Perhaps because in other movies, say one of my least favorite Beauty and the Beast, like they just burst into song and dance out of nowhere. And I think that's what that's a big turnoff for me too because I don't like it whenever everyone's involved, and I I don't like it in live action movies for sure ever. But yeah, I think that's what made it more bearable, bearable for me at least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. Um, in with what are the words what are words <laughs> i didn't really think about that with why i would enjoy this movie as opposed to other like 
musical movies or whatever and why i enjoyed the music in this one uh i helped (laughs) thanks but i also enjoyed the music in moana as well but that's because i like that style of music that that islander sounding music that they had in that so yeah but uh what causes major turning points on uh in the narrative do you remember what causes major turning points in the narrative theft and lies and love family (laughs) we didn't watch fast and furious i don't understand that reference oh my god (laughs) i'm sorry (sighs) all right major turning points in the narrative yeah that sounds about right he ends up in the the world of the dead because he steals um he steals Ernesto de la Cruz he steals his guitar yep yep <laughs> because he wants to play he wants to play in the uh what did they call it? the plaza i want to play in the plaza i need Ernesto de la Cruz's guitar so i can play in the plaza but it's okay officers he was actually my great great grandfather so you, so you see, this is actually my my guitar, so it's okay. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I I think I kind of spoiled the movie a little bit because you asked me when Ernesto de la Cruz was on screen if uh, if that was his great great grandfather, and I think I said no. And, I was, and later in the movie, I was like, oh, wait, I shouldn't have said that. I remember you saying that to me. <laughs> but also, you spoiled the whole movie for our thousands of listeners. Yeah. So. Excuse me? <laughs> Don't insult me. I know I barely have, like, 20 listeners. Okay? Anyway. Hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what is the world of film? Does the world of film work like the real world? If not, what are the differences? If religion is real, then possibly. Religion where? Like, what does Day of the Dead have to do with religion? Because it's like something that you do. Like, it's something that you do to honor the dead with the understanding that you believe that the dead are coming back to enjoy the foods that you're preparing for them. Assuming that there is an afterlife for them to come back from. I see, I see, I see. I didn't even... I didn't. Even, this is an interesting list. I didn't consider that. I didn't think about that. I mean, I guess... That's as much as I know about Day of the Dead without looking it up. Yeah. But that's, from what I understand, it's where, like, obviously you're honoring your loved ones, and you're honoring your family, and you're making them foods that they would have liked so that they can come back and enjoy them. Hmm. And you can I don't, enjoy yeah. their company. I don't really know much about the holiday either, aside from what I saw in the movie. So, I suppose that aspect... uh, They did not have a... They don't actually... If it's real, they don't have a TSA that lets the ghosts come back. (laughs) How would you know? (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Fair. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How does the film end? Is everything resolved? How? If not, why not? It is. And also, like... You find out characters that you loved eventually made it to the spirit world, which is kind of bittersweet, and I was kind of sad about it, but, like, obviously it was coming, but it was also sweet, and also, there's just, I have a lot of complicated feelings about this movie. (laughs) 
okay. had strong I had I had I was really freaked out by the whole movie because I was always worried that somebody was going to disappear. Mhm. Mhm. There's only one person in, Oh, no. I guess once once you are after so many years once somebody forgets you then in the afterworld or the underworld or the upside down or whatever you want to call it <laughs> then you die in there as well yeah there was that forgotten. old old man that, yeah um, what's his face was playing guitar for that was sad that's so sad oh my gosh i'm sad about this movie again we have to we have to move on from this question i can't handle this there it is oh i don't even remember what i was saying I don't know. My mic turned off, listeners. So it's Are back, you back on online. Now. I'm back on. Anyway, um, what was I saying? We oh. were moving on because I had strong feelings about this movie. <laughs> gotcha. I was becoming emotionally compromised over Coco again. Mm, mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, moving on. I saw a GIF set of this movie like today, and it was the one where he's singing the song to grandma coco Mm -hmm. and she's like my dad used to sing that song to me and i like almost started crying again (sighs) i know so it was so emotionally moving it was just like oh no that was a good movie but no one has ever sang that song at any point in her life since her dad. Well, I guess, yeah, if they don't her like music. Her whole family had a thing. They were like, absolutely no, no music. music. We're going to be right. the most boring family we're gonna make on shoes. this whole planet of Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Man. Hmm. All right. How would you describe the main characters? What are their goals? What problems do they face? He wants to play music. His family won't let him play music. He ends up playing music, and then he gets cast into the spirit world. But then he gets... I don't know. Mm-hmm. But how would you describe the main character? Super likable. Really curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> all right, Forrest... That's all I... You Have you seen Forrest Gump? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! That was close. <laughs> <laughs> um, what did you think about it? About him? Um, I don't... What was his... Uh, I don't know how old he was. Depending on his age, he might have been a little... Uh, he might have been pretty on on par for his age like his attitude and stuff that he was doing like that seems like well i guess grown adults do stuff like oh yeah let me rob this grave nothing's gonna happen but i mean the whole the whole sequence where he was like all right i promise i'm not gonna do any music if you give me your blessing to go back to the real world and as soon as he gets back to the real world, he's like, all right, let's get this guitar. And oh, well, I'm back. So this. <laughs> I mean, but like, that's exactly what I would have done at his whatever age he was. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, if, whatever age he is, it, it, it seems like something that he's like, they're dead. What are they going to do? You know, that kind of thing. And then he ends up back there and then we get the whole get the whole to do get the whole movie basically because you know had he just been like you know what i'm gonna give up music this movie wouldn't exist and 
What's-His-Face would have disappeared, and Grandma Coco wouldn't be able to remember him, and that would have been tragic, and I would have mm. cried so hard. Wow. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what's an inter- <laughs> what's a funny thing about this movie um, is when is uh, is when he gets to the party for Ernesto de la Cruz, and uh, he's like, <laughs> um, I'm your great-great, what is it, uh, n- nephew? No, what is he? What is he? Grandson. Grandson? Because Coco is his grandma. Right. Great grandma. Coco is his great grandmother. And so it was so it was his great great wait. Coco was his great grandma. So it was his great great grandpa who was You know. Not yeah. Ernesto de la Cruz, the I know. other guy. Right. So when he gets to the party, Ernesto's like What? I have a I have a great great grandson. I have a great great grandson, everybody. And he's just like, <laughs> he just was he ever it. married? Like maybe he's maybe he slept around. I'm pretty sure because he seems like because like if you watch the movie and you he figure seems out like, like his a sleaze bag. Track, he seems like a sleaze. I mean, he's a thieving sleaze bag. Yeah, yeah, but that's it's int- <laughs> I guess it's just interesting that in in the afterlife or whatever, he's like, all right, I'll run with it. But also, weren't there a lot of people that were focused on, on him at the time? He was putting on a performance. I suppose so. I suppose so. Cause if we're reading really far into these animated characters. Yeah. Because after the fact, when when Hector shows up or whatever, he's like, all right, throw him, in the, throw him in the pit. Get out of my face, kid. But also, he was willing to give his blessing to send him back to the real world. So maybe he did believe it on some level. I think he was just going with it. I suppose. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But when I first saw the movie, the fact that the little leaf didn't start glowing when he started saying it kind of telegraphed the fact that, oh, wow, yeah, he's not. But I kind of figured he wasn't anyway. I didn't. I had no idea. I was like, oh, obviously that's still his grandpa. <laughs> Even though you spoil it for me. I, you you shouldn't have asked. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> You're victim blaming me. <laughs> what choices do the characters make? What motivates them? What are the consequences? So, what choices? I mean, what motivates them? Basically, um, he wants to play music. The main character wants to play music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. really badly because he knows yeah. he'll be great at it. Okay, he assumes he'll be great at it, but you know, whatever. I mean, if you practice hard enough at anything, you'll be good at it by default. Nah. All it takes is like half an hour a day and you'll be fine. Nah. Show me the Carfax. (laughs) (laughs) What are the consequences? Well, obviously he gets thrown into the underworld and... He could be stuck there forever. He could be stuck there forever and ever. I wonder how long it is until like, oh wow, this is a really weird question. I like true crime, but I wonder how long it would be before they like gave up looking for him and they ended up putting his picture on the ofrenda. Mm. Yeah, that is an interesting question. Because like I think most parents would like hold out hope and they wouldn't want to put his picture on the ofrenda because it wouldn't matter anyway because I think it's a certain number of years before he disappears anyway. But yeah, because they wouldn't forget about him because he's they're That's still true. looking That's for true. him. You're right. You're right. Yeah, so he wouldn't technically disappear, but he would still, I mean, at some point, they would still put him on the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Can you imagine how different this movie would be if he got stuck there? 
This would be a very different movie. Yeah. I kind of want to see that movie. Hmm. Then write it. Mm. Direct it. No, animate it. No, thanks. Be the change you wish to see in the world. I don't mm, I don't really want to be the, one of the... Well, <laughs> I can't say that because I'm writing a book with a Latin lead. So, <clears throat> anyway... What do the main characters learn about themselves, and how do they change? He's really good at music, and that's how he's changed. <laughs> that's it. That's the movie. We're done. Why are we still here? We're done. Don't steal from the dead. Um, Don't steal from dead people, but if you do steal from dead people, hopefully you'll actually find your real great-great-grandpa, and then you'll be able to put his picture on the ofrenda, and he won't disappear. Perfect. Perfect. Was that concise? That seemed seems good to me. On to the next one. Unless you have anything else you want to talk about. Anything else? No. You good? I'm good. Alright. So here we go. The discussion of discussion of the century. The differences comparing and contrasting um the two fire festival do- Fire Festival documentaries from Netflix and Hulu. I think that both of them were too kind to what was his name? Billy what? Billy McFarland. Billy McFarland. Before you start, I want to uh retract my uh recommendation that I did on a prior episode about watching the Netflix one because at that time I hadn't seen the Hulu one and I I recommended it because it was just interesting to get that information about the stuff that happened. But watching the Hulu one, I feel like, is more informative about things that happen. The Netflix one was kind of like, it shows a dumb guy being seduced by a lifestyle that he's trying to maintain. Mm-hmm. And it's way more sympathetic to him. Yeah. Which you shouldn't be, because he's a con artist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the Hulu one, on the other hand, like the first maybe like 15, 20 minutes of it, I was just like, oh, my God, like they're really stroking this guy's ego right now with all of this stuff. But as you watch it, my favorite part of the, about the Hulu one was it showed his face in a bunch of really unflattering angles. Like, <laughs> Look at this. Yeah. That whole interview part. Right, right, right. When they were asking him questions and he was just like, uh, yeah, I can't, I'm, I can't answer that. That's, uh, and like they would ask him a question. He wouldn't answer it. He would just say something else. Just making up some garbage. It's kind of like, like those SAT questions that you're supposed to answer. And it's like, if you don't like the question that the SAT gives you, then make your own question and answer (laughs) that. That's what he does. That's what he does the whole time. Oh man. It's so dumb. And then like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when they're like um so did you like what what did they say did 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 you like tell the tell your employees or tell the people working at the thing that the, that that money was coming in or something like that and and then he got all defensive like tell me tell me anything that i said that wasn't true like prove it like show it to me and then they instantly they cut to this montage yes, yes right after that it was great it was so funny it was just yes I I didn't know that he had gone to jail already. That was really nice to know that he went to jail. But it's, you know, I mean, he went to jail for six years. And that's like, I know that there's people that have, like, crimes that affected less people and cost less money that definitely went to jail for longer. That should just 
that's outrageous. Mm -hmm. But he could afford the legal team, or his parents could afford the legal team. I'm pretty sure his parents were loaded. Because, like, he talked about, he was, the whole beginning was like, yeah, he was a really smart kid. He used to con people for him to fix their crayons for a whole dollar. And it was, like, talking about how he was always ahead of his age, like, he could swim when he was this old, and he was scuba diving when he was 10. I'm sorry, he was scuba diving when he was 10? Like, that sounds very luxurious. Like, that sounds like a life that I wish that I could have had. But, mm-hmm. like... The thing the thing that's interesting, just thinking back on it now, um, at, uh, is, is the fact that the first time... Because I think that when he went to court once, and he paid bail, and then he started doing that whole stupid scheme again. He did, the VIP access or whatever. Yeah, and then the fact that he was able to pay bail pretty sure he was using some stolen money to pay bail yeah and he had that nice apartment and he was buying drinks at apartments and he had tables at expensive restaurants and like he's maintaining this but i mean he's maintaining a lifestyle that he built for himself i suppose i mean they did they did say that his his girlfriend or whatever was like paying for stuff too so i don't know i don't know what she did but I don't know what like what she her... looks like a model or something. Maybe I mean she's a stick, so possibly. Um, but just the fact that he sh- that she knows everything that he's been doing, and she's just like she's still with him. She's still with him. But I listen to a lot of podcasts about um, people who are uh, like psychopaths hmm. and people that are like con artists. And apparently, there's this type of like wild energy that they have. Like their eyes just seem brighter, and they just draw people. That's how they they con people is they draw people in, and they lie to them, and they fib to them. And that's what they were saying in this documentary. In this documentary, is they they were saying that he always had an answer for everything. Mm. Like, and so they always tell you that what you want to hear. So, like, here's this girl, and he's probably told her everything that he knows that she wants to hear, and given her all the assurances. In six years, it'll be fine. It'll be fine, babe. You know what I'm saying? So, mm. like. She's with him probably because he's conning her just as badly. Probably. So, we should consider her a victim as well. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Or she knows everything and she just doesn't care and she could be contributing to whatever the next scam he tries to pull when he she gets out. She could be running the next scam she could he's be. trying to pull off. Yeah, they could be communicating from, you know, he could be calling me because at the end of the documentary, her, he called yeah. her at the end. But who knows? I mean, they said he was, what, did they say he was running something? He was teaching inmates how to do music teaching, and stuff on yeah, the inside. Music management classes or something. Yeah. But, like, why is he allowed to do anything and talk to anybody? Yeah, I know. When they know the nature, like, why he's in there. As soon as he gets back out of jail, he's going to be running his next con. Uh, yeah. I mean, he probably has his girlfriend, like, setting things up already so he can get the seeds planted. I mean, like, I can't even say this guy is smart. This dude is just cunning. Like, I don't... He's good at making money really fast. Like, he's good at taking money out of your pockets and disappearing with it. So, he's not good... He, he's not... Because it's different if you're, like, investing in something. So, like, if you have a company that you've started, even if you're, like, if you're exploiting your workers and everything like that, you're still making money and making money and making money. But he, the way that he did everything was he do, was doing everything so outside of, like, the law. And he was doing everything in such a shady way. Like, he was doctoring documents, doctoring invoices. But, like... So if you're a smart person, if you're a smart person and you're so good at getting people's money out of their pockets, then you you really start to like 
make good business plans, make good businesses that people can really benefit from. And then you start seeing returns on it. So you start investing that money and then getting that money back. But what he's doing is he's just getting money out of people's pockets and leaving. So he's not smart. I mean, no. I it may just be a high thing. He may just get a high off of like those weird people that get a high off of like stealing stuff out of stores and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know because I can't, I don't understand it. Like, cause he has to, isn't he afraid that all this is going to come back on him? I don't know. I mean, he's in jail. He didn't seem, and I wonder about that too. Like since he's been in jail, like, is he still on the hook for all that money? Like, obviously he's still on the hook for all of that, all of that money. But like, what happens after this? Like, is his credit in the toilet? And like, are people like not going to trust him after this? Or is he still going to be able to rope people in? And also too, are people still going to be willing to do business with him? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm very I mean, curious about, I'm curious to see what happens to him in the future. Like in six years, are we going to see him doing the same stuff? Or are we going to see him like turning a new leaf and actually like making something of himself? I don't I know. It. It's, it's a very interesting. What a weird world to live in. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's, um, wow. I just, that, like, like what they said about how he was promising people tickets to Hamilton and stuff. And then like he, he would buy them all and then like give them out of the door or whatever. And yeah, and then schemes. just to get the money for like the Beyonce and Jay-Z tickets that he promised. And then he would probably do the same thing for whatever the next big event is. Like, but there I feel were like, events that he was talking about. And that one gentleman was talking about where you can't buy tickets for it. One of them was the Met Gala. And the other one was, um, the Victoria's Secret fashion show. Those are things that you can't buy tickets from. Right. So eventually he'd have people that would be waiting at those doors being like, I have tickets. And they'd be like, no, you don't have tickets. Mm. So eventually the scam would like fall apart. Right. But I mean, he, but then he'd he go under a different money. name. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. I mean, cause, because there are people out there that know nothing about this whole fire festival thing or know nothing about who he is. None of it. I think a lot of people wouldn't know about this fire festival thing, except for the fact that there were two documentaries about it. Because what I knew about fire festival was that it was a failed festival where really, really wealthy kids lost a lot of money and got fed cheese sandwiches. That's Mm -hmm. all that I knew about. And that they were, they were, they were sleeping in FEMA tents Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's all that I knew about it. Yeah. I didn't, I had no idea like this really dark underbelly of everything that went wrong. Yeah. I mean, I only knew, I guess the surface level of stuff. So this documentary, like I, I knew the stuff that was happening, not when it happened, but shortly after it, a couple of years ago. But all of this is just like, wow, I didn't know all of this stuff, <laughs> but the, um, man, why do I keep losing my train of do thought? You, I feel, I kind of feel like, the reason why they want they had this idea of like having this this thing on this beautiful island is to give them a reason to actually be there. Like yeah. I feel like a lot of this was just like them wanting to have a reason to be able to party at a beautiful island. Hmm. Basically. Maybe if that was even his plan to begin with, it could have just been like like they said the fire festival thing was just a front so they can start pushing the fire app or whatever. Not really a front, but like a promotional kind of thing. Yeah. But that app didn't seem like it would go anywhere anyway. This, I mean, it's an interesting idea that in that you can get on there and And try to book a right. But it's like that's got to be expensive. Also, too, like your favorite artists aren't going to want to like they have lives too. Like they have places that they want to be on a Saturday. Right, right. 
So I don't I don't know, man. <laughs> I figure this would work like later, like whenever actors aren't getting any more work. But mm-hmm. I also feel like it wouldn't work because since they're not getting work and nobody's really interested in them, because like it really does um, kind of like it talked about how a lot of millennials are like wanting to appear to have a lavish lifestyle and you're not going to want old artists at your party. Right. Right. Because somebody like 18, you know, trying to have a party is not going to get on there looking for Paul McCartney or something. Who's Paul McCartney? Right. So it's like nobody at the party. I mean, there may be that one kid that has, you know, older parents. It's like, this would work for, for older people who are looking to book their favorite artists from when they were young. <laughs> that'd be great. That'd be funny. I mean, that'd be pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't. I'm just, just. I feel bad because like the the app developers who were working on the Fire app, like they really thought it was going to work and they were really depending on that Comcast, con, like that Comcast investment. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just terrible. It's terrible that all of this went so like so south for so many pe- for so many people. And like, I mean, it's always very funny to see people who have more money than sense get their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Um, except for that one girl who I want, who got the, who ended up getting the villa. Mm-hmm. Um, that was annoying. I didn't like her at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, they they were just trying to have a good time, and they ended up, you know, that wasn't a good situation to be in. But it was funny what Trevor Noah said about white people love camping unless it's a surprise. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> so yeah yeah i don't were they trying to have fun though they were trying to be seen with beautiful people yeah that was what the fire festival was about fire festival is about being seen with beautiful people and drinking on a beach and like yeah so i guess it wasn't necessarily about enjoying yourself it was about being where the party's at because you want people to be jealous of you and i can't feel bad for that at all not even a little bit can't relate can't feel bad about it like i'm just like oh boo hoo you and your rich friends got conned by somebody um anybody like just the idea that he started selling selling villas for like twenty five thousand dollars and people people were were buying buying them them. like yeah yeah buddy the village just popped up on the website like a week before the thing was supposed to happen right yeah Mm mm-hmm you're stupid come on now um, you deserve to have your money thrown away. Right? Apparently, there was a guy who went, like, this is something that I saw on Tumblr, and I can't verify if it was true or not, but there was this one guy that claimed who he uh, had won a ticket in a in an office raffle, mm. which is weird, because that's, that's, like, a really expensive ticket. But he said that he went there, and he saw people losing their minds about their luggage being scuffed a little bit and stuff like that, and he was like, it was chicken soup for my middle-class soul. <laughs> That does sound a little bit fake, though. It sounds too good to be true. There's enough true stuff about this whole thing mm-hmm. to already get like warm fuzzies about somebody having their whole trip ruined. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one comment made. I don't know. I don't care who it was, but they were just like, "Yeah, so are we gonna like get to burn this whole place down at the end, or or what?" And I thought that that would actually have been pretty cool if they just light fire to the whole thing. Yeah, but, like, there's people that live on that island. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 
Like right. some of that stuff was probably still salvageable and sellable because there are a lot of people that went unpaid because of this. Mm-hmm. He was making promises that he couldn't fulfill. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. a lot of people and like they were talking, she was talking about how like it's a it's an island full of people who are really hard workers and there's not enough work. And so they were working really hard on this and they were working and they were saying like working 24 seven around the clock. And some of these people didn't see a dime. Mm-hmm. That's tragic. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that the day just hours before people were supposed to start arriving, it just poured rain. They said it was an act of God. (laughs) They talked about that in both documentaries. They talked about it in the Netflix documentary and everybody was so just horrified. And they were like, how could this be happening? And then the other one, they were like, yeah. And then we all just started leaving. (laughs) Yeah, man. So the Hulu one was by far the superior documentary. Um, it was more. It was more enjoyable. It was more informative. Um, the uh, the Netflix one was produced by Jerry Entertainment, which was the group that uh, helped fund and put together the fire festival to begin with. So the views and some of the things, the things that were said are a bit tainted by that fact for the Netflix documentary, which is something that I was not aware of when I recommended it. And now I have to say, don't give that documentary the time of day because who knows how much of that stuff is true um, the fact that the guy that was willing to blow the guy for the water was not in this documentary at all. Like, was does that guy even like was he a real like maybe I don't I'm not gonna question if he's a real like real person or like not real person but like if he really had anything to do with the thing because there were a lot of people that were in that documentary that there were weren't a lot in of this people one. that were in that documentary and I think that that one of the reasons why there were a lot of people in that documentary is because all of these people were culpable like they they were at risk of getting in trouble with the law because a few of them said yeah the fbi's been talking to me about it and i think that they showed all these people and they showed them like yeah look at what we went through Mm -hmm. um and then it's like yeah they had a really hard time y'all should feel bad for them but like you knew every step of the way that this was not going to work and you chose to stay and now you're in financial and legal trouble and so here we are at jerry entertainment trying to like put a positive not even a positive spin but trying to like recover like their uh reputations i guess Mm -hmm. you know i just thought about something that's interesting both of the documentaries ended with him calling somebody with the person on camera getting a call from billy because the 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 guy the the black guy yeah. in the other documentary he got a call from billy at the end that's quote weird. unquote yeah that's so weird yeah that is weird i don't know i don't, I don't think they said anything about him being in jail at all in the netflix, netflix they didn't one. say anything at all about him being in jail because i only realized that he was actually in jail in this one i think but like weren't they produced at different times like weren't they made during different times because it might have been that the netflix one finished off before before he actually went to jail he actually went to jail yeah because they did make 
they made reference to the fact that two documentaries were being made yeah, in the so Netflix one. I think one, the Netflix so, one came out. And then I mean, one, the Hulu one. Yeah. Event. So, yeah, because I think the day that the Netflix, no, the day that the Netflix one put the trailer out or something for theirs, Hulu dropped their documentary on that same day. So, I don't know. Anyway, watch the Hulu one. Forget about the Netflix one. I think that'll do it for this episode. I think that'll do it. That's it. We did a podcast. That was bananas. No, it was a podcast. So, I hope you enjoyed yet another episode of Taylor Made. It was fun discussing it. Uh, I didn't think those three things would uh, fill up the whole episode, but that was cool. It's cool that it did. Um, but on the on the uh, on the next episode, because. Taylor is a big fan of Dune and in lieu of the upcoming Dune movie directed by Denis Villeneuve, we will be watching Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, Sicario, and Prisoners. That last one I haven't seen, so that should be interesting for me. Um, And if you were not aware, he was the director on all of these movies, so that's, that's the theme there. Um... But if you would like to follow us on social media, you can follow me um, at Is It Rottencast on both Twitter, Twitter and Instagram, and Taylor at Awkward Zero W One on both Twitter and Instagram. Basically everywhere. Basically everywhere. And tune in on Wednesday for the regular podcast. Um, we might end up doing. Black Panther to close out Black History Month. So, tune in for that. Have a great week, and may the Force be with you. The titular Taylor. What? Mm hmm. No. You are the titular Taylor of Taylor Made. Incorrect. What? What do you mean? What do you mean? I don't have any tits. Did you know that PETA euthanizes 81% of the animals that it takes in? When you said PETA, I thought of PETA Malark from The Hunger Games. And then, as you continued talking, (laughs) I thought about PETA Bread. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong on both counts. And as you said euthanizes, I was like, Oh, PETA. (laughs) No, I didn't know that. People for the euthanasia of the animals. That's what that stands for. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I have a computer in front of me. Are you looking it up right now? What does PETA stand for? People, ethical, treatment, animals. No. This is on the PETA website. Yeah, but that's not what they're for. They're (laughs) extremists. You've got toilet paper. Hey, they're paper towels. (laughs) (laughs) You got paper towels on your headphones, twisted up, and they look kind of like Hershey Kisses. (laughs) Hey. <laughs>
That's what's up. I'm cute. <laughs> Actually, they look kind of like earmuffs. Cool, cool. Even no, warm, warm. <laughs> but that's an Arizona green tea. Hey. It's not even the regular Arizona green tea. It's one of the half sizes. It's not even a tall boy. <clears throat> this is enough sugar. This thing has... 20- 17 grams. 25 grams. It has 25 grams now? This, it this is. used to be 17 grams per serving. Serving size, one can, Does 100 still calories. Does 25% of your daily value of vitamin C? Yes. 15 milligrams of sodium. 26 grams of total carbohydrate. 25 grams of sugar. Would you kill me, my love? For Wakanda? Without question. Gonna do some quick Googling. You know that fish from Finding Nemo that goes, I'm obnoxious. Nope. That's me.